Today's message is week six of Return of the King in the book of First Thessalonians. Keelan Miller is preaching and has entitled this message, The Product of Faith, which covers First Thessalonians, chapter 3, verses 6 through 13, which reads, But now that Timothy has come to us from you and has brought us the good news of your faith and love and reported that you always remember us kindly and long to see us as we long to see you. For this reason, brothers, in all our distress and affliction, we have been comforted about you through your faith. For now we live, if you are standing fast in the Lord. For what thanksgiving can we return to God for you, for all the joy that we feel for your sake before our God, as we pray most earnestly night and day that we may see you face to face and supply what is lacking in your faith? Now may our God and Father himself and our Lord Jesus direct our way to you, and may the Lord make you increase and abound in love for one another and for all as we do for you, so that he may establish your hearts blameless in holiness before our God and Father at the coming of our Lord Jesus with all his saints. Ah, good morning, Change Point family. How's everybody doing today? Good. I'm glad. I'm glad to see you all here today. Glad to see the Lord bless you with life and breath and a desire to wake up and to come here and to fellowship and to receive the word of God. And I am honored to be here before you today and deliver that. My name is Keelan. People call me Key. Um, I'm a deacon here at Change Point Northeast and uh, it's my distinct honor to stand before you again and deliver the word of God. Uh, we've been in a series, as you can see on the, the overhead, titled Return of the King in First Thessalonians, and that's where we're going to be today, starting in uh, chapter 3, verse 6. But before we start, I just want to recap everything that's been going on, possibly for those of you who have not been uh, with us during this time. We see in chapter 1, Paul, Silas, and Timothy are the ones writing this letter to the Thessalonians. Um, Paul speaks in chapter 1 of their desire, the Thessalonians' desire, to turn away from their idols and to grow and to be imitators of Christ. You read that in two specific places in verse 6. Paul writes, you also became imitators of us and of the Lord. And in verse 9, where he says, and now you have turned to God from idols to serve a living and true God. So ultimately, he's talking about the salvation of the Thess Thessalonians, their desire to follow Christ and to turn from away from anything that is not of him. Going into chapter 2, Paul speaks of the ministry he then begins with the Thessalonians. Uh, pastor preached on a scripture speaking of the motherly love that Paul provided for the Thessalonians, and I followed that with the fatherly love that he, he used to encourage them to grow in their faith and to continue on in their steadfastness. And towards the end of chapter 2, Paul begins to talk about the affliction that they're encountering and how he was driven out of Thessalonica due to persecution, which brings us right here to chapter 3. And it starts off with Paul, Silas, and Timothy stating how they are fed up with not knowing how the Thessalonians are holding up in their faith because they have, they have fleed. They're in Athens. And Paul says he just he couldn't take it anymore is pretty much what he said. And with him feeling like that, he and Silas stayed behind and sent Timothy on what was a dangerous mission to go back to Thessalonica and to get a report of how his new believers are doing, how his Thessalonian church is doing. And that's where we are today is uh, Timothy returns. And glory be to God, he returns with a good report for Paul, starting in verse 6. 
And before I break it down, I just want to read through the entire text and then we'll go from verse to verse. And right here we see when Timothy returns. But now that Timothy has come to us from you and has brought us good news of your faith and love and that you always think kindly of us, longing to see us just as we long to see you. For this reason, brethren, in all our distress and affliction, we were comforted about you through your faith. For now we really live if you stand firm in the Lord. For what thanks can we render to God for you in return for all the joy with which we rejoice before our God on your account? As we night and day keep praying most earnestly that we may see your face and may complete what is lacking in your faith. Now may our God and Father himself and Jesus our Lord direct our way to you and may the Lord cause you to increase and abound in love for one another and for all people just as we also do for you, so that he may establish in your hearts without blame in holiness before our God and Father at the coming of our Lord Jesus with all his saints. That is the word of God. So we're going to jump back to verse 6. I'm reading out of the NASB version, just in case it sounds a little bit different to y'all. And I've titled this message today, The Product of Faith. We'll read about the the many results of the faithfulness, not just faithfulness from the Thessalonians, but the faithfulness that Paul had and Silas and Timothy and ultimately point to our faithful God. So in verse 6, Paul hears from Timothy that the Thessalonians are doing well and remaining faithful after he himself poured himself out into a ministry with them and for them. And in verse 7, we see the first product of the faith that the Thessalonians had in God. And it says, For this reason, brethren, all our distress and affliction, we were comforted about you through your faith. So the first thing that the faithfulness of the Thessalonians produced was comfort. We read, just like in chapter 6 or the beginning of chapter 3, how Paul was saying he he couldn't bear it. He was not okay not knowing how his new believers, his new followers were doing. And when he found out that they were well, he was comforted by that. Just as we would be knowing that the people we love and care about are also doing well. I'm sure there are many of you in here who have children that don't live in the state with you. I know I'm not living with my parents anymore. I'm in the military. My mom lives way in Illinois. But I know that she is joyous and comforted by the fact that Life is well for me, and I'm not in any trouble or grief or we're not suffering too much affliction out here in Alaska, and she is comforted by that. Her heart is set at ease, and that is not just because life is good, but it's because I am remaining faithful in my love of Christ and in my walk, and that faith in each and every one of you produces that same feeling in everybody else that cares about you. And that could be people you don't even know about. We don't get to choose who care about who cares about us. But in that, them seeing us doing well produces comfort in their lives. That is the first product of the faith of the Thessalonians. Second thing their faith produces, and I think this is one of the most important ones. We read in verse 8, for now we really live if you stand firm in the Lord. Ultimately, Paul is saying that the faith of the Thessalonians has given him life. It has given him a reason to live. It has given him a reason to strive, to move on, to continue in delivering the gospel. 
from place to place, even though he is suffering all types of affliction. And I want to bring this down to a more personal level. Think about your life. Think about your faithfulness. And let's say we had a Paul. For those of us who have people that disciple us or pastors or mentors, role models, mothers, fathers, big brothers, big sisters, whatever it may be, hopefully every one of us out there has somebody above us that cares about us and mentors us. Now, let's say, for instance, that individual sends somebody to check on you in your life right now. And this isn't a, hey, how are you doing? No, let's just say they're sitting back and they're watching. They can see day to day how it is that you are living your life. They're looking at every little thing you do, your social life, your work life, your relationships, your ministry, your fellowship, the leisure time, the choices you make or you don't make, even so much as to what you watch on TV, what you listen to, and what you read. Someone was sent back to watch that in you. What would that produce in the loved one that sent them? Would it be life-giving? Would they rejoice? Would it be more like a, a punch in the gut? Or possibly bring tears of sadness because we're not doing well? And the point that I'm trying to make here is that our faithfulness, it really, 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 really matters, not just to us but to everyone around us. I have two examples. My first one, you can go and put the picture up of, uh, this is Ty. Ty is about 17 years old now. He's actually about to be 18 in May, I do believe. I met Ty the summer of 2010. We were, my wife and I, we were discipling Trevor, which was Ty's best friend. And because Trevor loved being around us, he just started bringing Ty around too. And I swear, we could not get rid of these little boys. I would come home, and they would be in my yard with all their friends. People on the block asked us, how many kids we got? How about zero? We have no kids. <laughs> these ain't our kids. We wouldn't even be there. And they'd be in the yard playing around, waiting for us to get home. And a lot of them weren't saved. Ty and Trevor most definitely were not saved. They loved listening to Jay-Z and chasing girls and talking about how cute they were. And my wife and I, we just we poured our lives into them. We showed them Christ. We shared the gospel with them. We corrected them in their ill behavior. And I tell you what, this little man right here, that is one faithful servant of Christ. That boy calls me with report after report telling me how he's changed his life because he's continued in his faithfulness. He trusted and believed the gospel and made steps to live it out. I mean, he's called me. He's like, Key, I don't, I don't listen to that music anymore. He skips football games and dances at school to go to Bible study on Friday night. What 17-year-old does that? Seriously. <laughs> like, he does. And he fellowships with people that are older than them, pe people that can teach him. And he loves it. And he is faithful. And every time I go back to California where he lives, it brings me joy. And I am just, I'm uplifted. And I can live in that. Because I know, not because I did something, but because Christ, through me, delivered Ty from his sin. And that's amazing. It, no glory goes to me for that. I am not happy because I did something. I'm happy because through God, that's another soul saved right there, a young soul. And he's going to affect the masses because of how young he is and how faithful he is. Because it even affects me in a positive way.
The next example I'm going to use is myself, my wife and I. We've been married seven years in like a week now. Praise the Lord for that. Um, and it wasn't always rainbows and butterflies and hearts and candy. And it was rough early on in our years. We did not have uh, good discipleship, good counseling before we got married. So we kind of just had to figure things out. And it was not easy. And uh, sadly, a lot of people gave up on us when it came to counseling. Like we went to counseling, people were like, y'all are just, y'all are out of there. We can't really help you. We literally had a counselor just drop us. She just stopped calling, stopped setting up appointments, and just disappeared. <laughs> like we were that bad. And I mean, that's hurtful. We laugh about it now because we're okay, but that hurt. <laughs> so we had another couple, praise the Lord, they were more faithful to us in our struggle, um, pour into us and just teach us what it really meant to be married, what it meant to be a man of God and a husband in Christ and what it meant to be a wife in Christ. And um, as they were counseling us, we were, we were with them consistently. And then Miley and I, we just kind of disappeared and we weren't around anymore and they didn't see us. They hadn't heard from us. And uh, we show up to church one day after months of not seeing this couple, their name are Don and Ann. And holding hands, happily married, knowing that we're working through our struggle, we approached them, and Anne just started crying. She had no words. She just, she bawled. And I knew right then and there the fact that we were even touching each other, because that's not the us that she knew before, brought her extreme joy. And it gave her life. It gave her a reason to continue in her marital ministry because she saw that God was faithful enough to work through her in the lives of other couples. That was her strength that gave her a reason to continue on. And that is exactly what your faith can produce. That is exactly what the faith of the Thessalonians produced in Paul and Silas and Timothy. And in us, we can read about their faith and continue on from that. Next thing, verse 9. For what thanks can we render to God for you in return for all the joy with which we rejoice before our God on your account? So right there, he's just saying, I have no words for the joy that I feel knowing that you all are striving on in your faith, continuing in the love of the gospel. So their faith produces joy, plain and simple. And that's just thinking like baptisms. Half the time, you don't even know who comes up here and gets baptized, but are you not excited to see that? Because you know what produced that. Their faith, their inward faith produced that outward confession, and they're baptized in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. And we rejoice in that because, again, just like Ty, we know that's another soul saved. Or when somebody comes up and shares a testimony, I think that's one of the things we strive on the most. You know, the the health, wealth, prosperity gospel, that's cool. But I want to hear some struggle because my life ain't all there right now. I know everybody, some people got it going on, and that's cool, but I don't. Where are those people at? I want to hear from them. So when you can actually hear the truth about people's lives and they come up before you and say, hey, I was struggling. We were poor. We were homeless. I was addicted. I was going to get divorced, X, Y, Z. But I remained faithful. And here I am today, and I can stand before you new in Christ. That's the joy we're looking for. That produces real joy. I'm not downplaying anybody who ain't got nothing serious going on. But for those that are hurting and struggling, when we hear that, that's a boost of confidence right there because we know that God can produce in anybody, all right? And I use myself as an example first and foremost because I should not be here today. Me and my wife should not be married. On paper, that don't even make sense when you tell our story to somebody. They're like, what? 
you did what? And she still like you? Like, it don't make sense. That's because it's the power of God. It's the faithfulness in him because he is faithful to those who love and obey him. All right, and we're going to keep beating this dead horse. Faithfulness. Faith produces investment. Verse 10 and 11. As we night and day keep praying most earnestly that we may see your face and may complete what is lacking in your faith. Now may our God and Father himself and Jesus our Lord direct our way to you. Paul is encouraged. He sees that his ministry was not in vain. He sees that everything that he poured into them produced. There was fruit being produced from the Thessalonians. Even in their struggle, they were producing fruit. And that just made Paul want to go right back. He's like, man, y'all are doing good. I know it's dangerous out there, but I want to come right back. And in verse 10, he says that we may complete what is lacking in your faith. He's not saying that y'all are weak and y'all don't know nothing, but he sees that there is potential. He's like, man, y'all got this down that quick and y'all are going through all of this? Well, shoot, there's some other stuff I can show you. Hold on, I'm going to come back, okay? Your faith makes people want to pour into you more and more. Now, as a good Christian, just because somebody's failing don't mean we can just brush them aside, right? Key, you a knucklehead. I ain't going to spend no more time on you because you just don't get it. No, 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 no. As long as people allow us to, we should pursue them and we should keep pouring into their lives. We cannot give up on our brothers and sisters, on the people that we mentor, on the people that need us. Jesus didn't give up on us and we fail every day. I give it an hour. I'm going to do something I ain't supposed to do. But he was faithful in his love for us and we are to do the same. He was a perfect example of that faithfulness. But when you do, when you have that person that just gets it, you just want to keep giving them more and giving them more and giving them more. And not for your glory, but for the glory of God, because you know that they're going to grow and they're going to produce and they're going to turn right back around and find young people like Ty and do the same exact thing. And it is a cycle. It's like a cycle of faithfulness. Going on to verse 12. Faith produces love. And may the Lord cause you to increase and abound in love for one another and for all people, just as we also do for you. It sounds like I'm saying the same thing. And in any case, it, it kind of is because this is not an exhaustive list of what faith produces. But every true follower in Christ grows from love and in love. We grow from the love of Christ because he came down as a man, removed every part of God that was him. All that power, he set it aside. He said, I'm going to be a man just like you. I'm going to endure temptations. I'm going to endure pain and persecution and suffering and trials and hard time. I'm going to fellowship with you. I'm going to eat with you. I'm going to teach you. I'm going to do everything that men do. With God fully removed, my power fully removed. That was love. To know that he was God and to remove that for the sake of us, for our sin. And when we learn that, we grow in that love. We grow in the love of Christ. And the very essence of our faith is based off of that which he did on the cross. And we believe and we trust him in that. That is the very definition of faith. You look it up, dictionary.com. I'm simple. I'm no uh, scholar. I went to dictionary.com, and faith is defined as confidence and trust in a person or thing. Is that not what we have in Jesus Christ? It is confidence and trust in our good times, in our bad, in 
failures, we know that he is faithful and that we can trust him and we can be confident in that. We go through battle after battle, but the victory is already ours. So we may get beat down, but we've already won. So you just stand right back up and keep on going. And in that love, we begin to love others because we know where the truth is. We're not drawing them in to ourselves. We don't go love other people so, hey, they can love me. No, I'm going to love on you so you can see that Christ loved me too. And what you're going through, you ain't got to go through that. Come here, let me show you the way. Let me show you where my phrase, the money tree is. You're suffering for no reason at all because there is a way, there's a truth, and there's life in Jesus Christ. And that is where our love reaches out to other people. And in that, when they figure that out, guess what? They love us back. Like, man, you pulled me out of my sin. You showed me Jesus Christ. Now I love you for that. And I love him for you for being in my life. Lastly, faith produces holiness, verse 13. So that he may establish in your hearts without blame and holiness before our God and Father at the coming of our Lord Jesus with all his saints. At the coming of our Lord Jesus with all his saints. Jesus is coming back. That is what this whole book is about, the return of the king. And he is preparing the Thessalonians for that. And this was written years ago, thousands of years ago. And Paul thought Jesus was coming soon. Should that not warn us thousands of years later that that still might be even sooner since Jesus didn't wait that long? So I implore you just as Paul did. I encourage you just as Paul did. I exhort you just as Paul did to abound in your faith, abound in love, put away your idols, turn to Christ because it is very necessary because the time is coming and you are not going to know. And there is no, hey, Lord, wait a minute, time out. Hold on. Let me go pray real quick. No. The time is now. Okay. And like I said earlier, this list does not exhaust what your faithfulness produces. Your faithfulness can produce every fruit there is in the glory of God. It will produce all types of fruit. And people want to come to you and partake in that fruit. And you will be abundant in it. And you'll be able to share that fruit. You'll be able to share your love, your joy, your peace, your patience, your self-control. All of those things you'll be able to share and people will benefit from and ultimately be directed to Jesus Christ. And that is exactly why we are here. That is exactly why we serve. That is exactly what Change Point is here for. Lee, you can bring your team up. As I sum this up, I found a really cool chapter in the Bible as I was preparing for this. Turn to Hebrews chapter 11. And this was truly, truly, truly God-given. I found this by accident. And this breaks down everything that I've been talking about. And I'm going to move through this kind of fast. So you can read it later or just write it down, take a note of it. But I'm going to jump from verse to verse, not even fully reading each verse. But this was just too good not to share. Verse 4, Hebrews 11, verse 4. By faith, Abel offered to God a better sacrifice than Cain. Verse 5, by faith Enoch was taken up so that he would not see death. Verse 7, by faith Noah being warned by God about things not yet seen prepared an ark for the salvation of his household. Verse 11, 
By faith, even Sarah herself received ability to conceive. Verse 17, by faith, Abraham, when he was tested, offered up Isaac. Verse 20, by faith, Isaac blessed Jacob and Esau, even regarding things to come. Verse 21, by faith, Jacob, as he was dying, blessed each of the sons of Joseph and worshipped. Well, say, Key, what does that mean about my faith? Well, here's where that puts us. By faith, you husbands can love your wives as Christ loved the church. By faith, you wives can submit to your husbands. By faith, you children will obey your parents. By faith, Change Point Northeast will bless this community with the love of God. By faith, we can do all things without grumbling or disputing so that you will prove yourselves blameless and innocent. By faith, we will bring comfort, life, joy, and a multitude of other things to those who love us. By faith, we will go and make disciples of all the nations. Without faith, family, nothing we do matters. But by faith, we will one day stand before a just and holy, righteous, powerful, sovereign, loving God without spot, blameless, and be received into him to serve and worship him in all his glory for an eternity, forever. That is what you can do with faith. But the question is, what is it right now that your faith in God is producing? Heavenly Father, Lord, I thank you for this, this word. I thank you for your faithfulness in us. And I thank you that you bring us here today and allow us to strive to be faithful in you. We sin daily, we fall short daily, and we often miss the mark. But because of your son, God, because of your love, you sent your only son, Jesus Christ, to this earth as a man to suffer and bear each and every one of our sins on the cross only to rise again the next day and show that he was truly your son and that we no longer have to fear. We no longer have to worry. We don't have to cry. We don't have to be afraid. All we have to do is trust and believe that Jesus was the son of God and that he died for our sins. That is a free gift that no one else can offer. There is nothing else Jesus Christ could have done on the cross to save us, Lord, and we thank you for that. And I ask that you resonate that truth in the hearts of every person that hears this word today. And in that truth, in that trust, and in that confidence of Jesus Christ, may we stand firm in our faith. May we wield our shield of faith, extinguishing the arrows of the enemy. And may that faith that we grow in spread like wildfire to those who need to know you, to those who need to see you. May each and every one of us be a piece of you. And when people look at us, Lord, may they just look and see that there's just something not right about them. What is it? It may be at that time that we fearlessly share the gospel with them and show them our lives that ultimately rest in you. And that is my prayer today, Lord God. May we just be faithful. I thank you for this opportunity. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.